everyone. Welcome to the Daily Word. I'm really glad that you've joined me. And for our, our Daily Word today, I want to share a couple of scriptures with you. Our reading, our daily reading is from Matthew 27, but I actually want to start with Isaiah 53, uh, verse 7. Uh, start there, and, and then we'll move to, to 20, Matthew 27, beginning of verse 12, and read those, and then let's, let's talk for just for a few minutes today about the fact that Jesus remained silent. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. As you, you may know, Isaiah 53 is, is really the, the most, along with probably Psalm 22, the most clear prediction in the Old Testament and explanation of the death of the Messiah. That, that the Messiah would die, that the Lord's servant would die, but also what that would mean why he would do that, what he would accomplish by doing it. And as a part of that prophecy, we see that the Messiah would remain silent. So now, uh, if you would, listen to Matthew 27, uh, 12 through 14. But when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all these charges they're bringing, bringing against you, Pilate demanded. But Jesus made no response to any of the charges, much to the governor's surprise. So Pilate, he, he can't believe, and it's understandable, he can't believe that, that Jesus wouldn't answer any of these charges that are brought before him by the religious leaders. That, he doesn't protest, he doesn't argue, he doesn't offer an alternative version of, of the reality that they're putting out that's no reality at all. And in this moment of trial, this moment where you know Jesus is coming under Pilate's judgment, ironically, that the judge of the universe would be under anyone's judgment, but in this instance, um, what we see is that God would confirm Jesus' innocence through a most unlikely person, uh, that is, the wife of Pilate. In this instance, she, um, she acts essentially as in, in a prophetic way. She's, she is not a prophet, but, but the Lord, in a sense, uses her that way in this case. She's given a dream regarding Jesus' innocence. Now, we know that it's a terrible dream. That's what she says. We don't know that if, if it's terrible because she sees what they're going to do to Jesus, who is innocent, or if it's terrible because of the judgment that those who do it to him uh, might face. But the latter seems more likely because she is desperate that she would warn Pilate to not have anything to do with this. Now, clearly... Pilate wants to release Jesus, but he does fear a riot, especially given the, the insistence of the religious leaders, given also the, the agitation of the crowd. Now, does this judgment 
for what was done to Jesus fall on Pilate? Was he among those that Jesus prays for? As we read, he, he prays for those who are crucifying him, are putting him on the cross. Father, forgive them, he prays. Well, of course, we don't know about that first question. Judgment is, is God's, not ours. And, and so we, we can't assess what judgment Pilate might be under, but it does seem entirely likely that he is included under the prayer of Jesus for forgiveness. Would he accept Jesus' forgiveness? Again, we, we, we don't know. But we do know two things, and I, I want to wrap things up by sharing these two things. And first of all, this is a bit like the statement that's made by Paul under the inspiration of the Spirit in, in Acts 14. It's a different context. This is, this is really talking about the, the ordering of creation and the goodness of God expressed through it. But but the Lord says there through Paul that God has not left himself without a witness. And even though the disciples have run away and no one is really standing up for Jesus, nonetheless, God does not leave himself without a witness, a declaration, a confirmation of the innocence of Jesus. This just continues to to point to what it is that Jesus is doing, that this is not some kind of martyrdom, that this isn't, uh, this isn't his execution for some wrong that he has done, that this is God's plan for salvation. By God's plan and foreknowledge, this is taking place. And the accomplishment of Jesus, the one who was innocent, the spotless Lamb of God, his accomplishment would be our salvation. He would, on the cross, take our punishment. The one who is innocent would be declared guilty. He who knew no sin would become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. We know why Jesus accepted this condemnation. It was for us. So we go back to conclude, back to Isaiah 53, and I'd like to ask you to hear from verse 5. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. He was innocent, but was declared guilty taking our guilt upon himself. Thanks be to God. Amen. And friends, until we have a chance to speak again, I pray that God would bless you and that he would keep you.